This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Sham. Nothing personal. Word of the day, Friday, February 5th, 2021. The word of the day is sham. The all-star sham will be played on March 7th in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, the NBA released it as the all-star game will be played. But the NBA under Adam Silver, who started this pandemic as the shining example of how to run a league, has reverted back to the ways of most commissioners and most leagues, which is we will do whatever we have to do in order to make our broadcast partners happy and in order to maximize the amount of revenue because, man, we're getting our ass kicked. They forgot to circle the wagons, to dot the I's, to cross the T's. They forgot to speak to their players. Now, of course, that's not true. The reality is the way this worked is the owners in the National Basketball Association negotiated with the Players Union and Michelle Roberts, and they came up with an agreement to play the All-Star game They in Atlanta on March 7th. They came up with an agreement that those players not in the All-Star game have a right to travel during the break within the United States and Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And the break in between the first half and the second half for all but 25 players would exist. But for those who are voted into the All-Star Game, which is done 50% by fans, another percent by media, another percent by coaches, another percent by players. I don't know the breakdown, Coca. doesn't even matter. Those players have to show up in Atlanta. For if they don't, they get fined as part of the collective bargaining agreement. Now, when... De'Aaron Fox comes out and calls the All-Star game stupid. Here's how the league reacts. De'Aaron Fox is a player who's having a great season for the Sacramento uh, Kings. I think he's averaging 22 points a game. He's doing well. He comes out and says, man, this is stupid. The league looks at that quote and says, all right, no one's ever heard of De'Aaron Fox. No problem. I wish you wouldn't have said that. Not great. Anybody else? Let's just hope that no one else says a word and we're just going to have the All-Star Game be broadcast on ABC, Disney, ESPN. And then we'll start the second half. We'll play the rescheduled games. We'll get into the playoffs and it's all going to be okay. Uh Uh-oh. Something happened. 
LeBron James beat the Nuggets last night, 114-93, which really pissed me off because we lost the nothing personal pick of the day. What happened to the Joker? In any case, LeBron James was asked because LeBron James is the spokesman for the National Basketball Association, the most recognizable name, the biggest star, the second greatest goat of all time. When you run a league, no matter how much it pains me as a former member of management, you've got to get buy-in from your best players and from your most visible players when you are doing something that may reek of greed. And what you do is you approach the player and you come up with talking points because you know the media, once an announcement is made, is going to go right to the player. And the first question asked will not be, hey, how'd you feel beating the Denver Nuggets? No, no. The question will be, what do you think about the All-Star Sham? Well, LeBron James went scorched earth. I have zero energy and zero excitement about an All-Star game this year. I don't even understand why we're having an all-star game. Boy, can you imagine? This is my imitation. If you're watching on YouTube, nothing personal with David Sampson, hit subscribe. This is my imitation of Adam Silver listening to that interview. I'm doing the duck and cover. I'm hiding my hands behind my elbows. Sorry, my head. I'm saying to myself, no, no, please, LeBron, don't say anymore. Don't say anymore. I wait a minute. Adam's calling his deputy commissioners. Are you telling me that you didn't speak to LeBron? When we negotiated with the union, no one thought to check with LeBron. Please, God, make sure he didn't say anything else. Uh oh. And then coming into this season, we were told that we were not having an all star game, so we'd have a nice little break. Five days from the 5th through the 10th of March, including the Ides of March. He didn't say that. I added that. Although, Coco, will you check for me? Why would I think the Ides of March is on March 7th? I don't know why I think that. I'm going back now to Horace Mann, English, with Mrs. Dietz in eighth grade, who kicked me out of class literally every other day because I was so ill-behaved and I was so bored. But I think the Ides of March is March 7th. But maybe it's March 14th. When is the Ides of March? Coca, March 15th. I guess they don't have a break during the Ides of March. Okay, cut that out of the show. Ready? We're going to start again. Three, two, 69. So LeBron James, the hope was, would say nothing more. Five days in March from the 5th through the 10th, five days before the Ides of March on March 15th, an opportunity for me to kind of recalibrate for the second half of the season. My teammates as well, some of the guys in the league, and then they throw an all-star game on us like this and just breaks that all the way up. So um, pretty much kind of a slap in the face. Oh God, no more LeBron. That's it, right? That's it. Oh, oh wait, don't look. I'm sort of looking at this the way I look at a horror movie like Freaky with Vince Vaughn, where I just sort of am looking through the crack in my hand. It's the agreement that the Players Association and the league came about. It's out of my hands, James said. I'll be there if I'm selected, but I'll be there physically, but not mentally. So let me break down what that sentence means. That means that he'll actually go to Atlanta playing the All-Star game, but you can bet your bippy 
that he will not be making anything other than the mandatory appearances. No little extra stupple for sponsors, for fans, a few autographs, nothing. Taking part, excuse me. Wow, that was just unattractive. That was funny. Sorry. Do you know what happens when you do a show and you don't edit it, which we don't do? We give you 45 minutes, nothing personal every day. And we basically prepare for the show, do the show, no prompter. We have some notes, but then we post it for you as quickly as possible. Other shows and other pods that you listen to go through an editing process because who the hell wants to hear someone clear their throat? They want perfection. My view's always been, I'm me. Sometimes I have phlegm. Sometimes I cough. Sometimes when you're talking for 45 minutes straight, you have to clear your throat. Sometimes your nose is running. Sometimes your shirt isn't buttoned correctly. Sometimes your hair doesn't look good. Sometimes, sometimes. What's the big deal? You get it straight as it happens. So LeBron James is not going to do that TNT show where they choose the games. And if he does, he won't be mentally there. Remember when he and Giannis, his team captains, is the top vote getters, they choose the starting lineup or they draft the teams or whatever they do. He's not going to be happy to do it the way he's been in the past few years. It's an absolute nightmare for the NBA. But what bothers me about LeBron's statement is he said it's the agreement that the Players Association and League came about. It's out of my hands. Horse hockey. You are the Players Association. It is completely in your hands. You could have gone out and gotten the vote and you could have easily blocked the All-Star game from happening. You could have had a mini, what's the word, Coca? Come on, David, not today, of all days. What's the word when people rise up against power and they do, it's not a strike, that's not the word. It's when they, Coca, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I mean, any idea? Probably not. Revolt, that is the word, Coca. (laughs) I can't, thank you. Wow. Do you know today's Friday, Matt? And you are unreal. You must have had a good night last night. You must have had a good night. Good for you in the middle of COVID. So he easily could have led a revolt against the All-Star game by telling Michelle Roberts to tell Adam Silver and his negotiators, we're not going to play. You don't use De'Aaron Fox to do that. You use LeBron James to do that. But March 7th, there's going to be an All-Star game. De'Aaron Fox is going to play because he doesn't want to get fined. LeBron James is going to play because... He committed to playing and he's just going to have to do it. The players are going to be hoping. I wonder if you're going to find players right now tanking so they don't get chosen to be in the all-star game. No, not at all. Are you going to watch it? Of course you are. 15 and 14, nothing personal pick of the day. The Lakers crushed the Nuggets. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how the Joker played so badly. Anthony Davis did not have a good game either, but. We just lost, but we're going to continue. Today's Friday. We got the Super Bowl Sunday. It's our final day of a week's worth of prop bets. I could review all the prop bets that we've done. As a matter of fact, totally, totally unrehearsed. Didn't even talk about it, but let's go through the prop bets from the previous week this whole week, just so you have it straight, even though what I should be saying is go listen to the previous shows, download them, subscribe to Nothing Personal. Mahomes and Brady's first pass will be incomplete. 
You bet one unit to win 160 on Brady, one unit to win 170 on Mahomes. Mahomes and Brady, their first pass will be incomplete. I took both. Tuesday, we said the game will end with a quarterback rush. That's the prop bet. A quarterback rush is when you kneel. The answer is no. You bet one unit to win 135. I think this ends on an interception where then the player just kneels down. That's not a quarterback rush. It ends on a field goal, a field goal attempt, a walk-off touchdown, a Hail Mary something. Not a quarterback rush. Wednesday, there will be a score in the first five minutes. Any score between 1-5 colon 0-0 and 1-10 colon 0-0 in the first quarter, minus 110 to win one unit, there will be a score in the first five minutes. Thursday, yards of longest accepted penalty will be over 19 and a half. Again, minus 110 to win 100. That means there's going to be a DPI. I like saying that. It makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. Defensive pass interference. Brady and Mahomes go downfield. It's going to happen. And now we get to today. This one's outstanding. The Kansas City Chiefs will convert their first third down attempt. So third and four, third and two, third and eight, third and 20, whatever it is, their first third down attempt. Do you know how you always get the stats? Third down conversions. Two for 11 on third down conversions. The Chiefs will convert their first third down attempt. You have to lay 120 to win one unit. Those are the prop bets, six prop bets in five days. All right, what about the pick of the day? We got to talk about the game, the Super Bowl. It's coming Sunday. Do we go with Mattress Man or not? The 1-800-Mattress Man, that's not who he is. The guy who gives away money and gives your money back if certain teams win. He gets flown around on private jets by DraftKings to place these insane amount of bets. He paid to get the Bucks plus three and a half. The actual line is Bucks plus three, Chiefs minus three. How is this game going to go? I have been anti-Tampa from the beginning. I've gone against them every step of the way. And they have proven that they are good on the defensive side of the ball. They are good on the offensive side of the ball. Tom Brady somehow, somehow has the magic potion where he is Benjamin Button. We're going with the Buccaneers. We're doing it. Buccaneers plus three. Don't pay to get the extra half point. Someone once gave me a stat that I didn't pay attention to. But the stat was the winner of the game covers the overwhelming majority of the time. The odds of the Chiefs winning by one or two is de minimis. Either the Chiefs are going to win, the Bucs are going to win. Just choose a winner. I think Tom Brady gets his 17th Super Bowl victory on Sunday. Bucks plus three is the pick of the day. So when you're watching the Super Bowl, there'll be a pregame. And during the pregame, guaranteed, there will be an interview, a sit-down pre-recorded interview by CBS with Roger Goodell. I promise you that's going to happen. I assume they'll announce it at some point or they'll just go to it. They'll promote it. That's what Roger Goodell does. Not even a wait to see because to me, it's just a guarantee. Roger Goodell met the media and he had a conversation about diversity and I want to talk about it because he's in a tough position. There were seven head coaching openings since the end of the regular season at the end of December. Seven openings. They've all been filled. White, white, white. 
white. White. Lebanese, black. That's five whites, two people of color. That's not what Roger Goodell said was going to happen. Robert Saleh is the new coach of the Jets. He's Lebanese. The only black head coach took over the team that was the least desirable of the 32 teams of the seven openings, the Houston Texans. Yes, that's the Deshaun Watson, J.J. White nightmare. His name is David Colley. Where's Eric Bieniemy? He's coaching Sunday. Chiefs offensive coordinator. Interviewed. No job. Where's Todd Bowles? Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive coordinator. Nope, not hired. What about Byron Leftwich? What did he do with Tom Brady this year? Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How did that go? Not even an interview. So what happened? Roger Goodell gave a long-winded soliloquy about the fact that there's a lot of coordinators who are diverse, but we've got to do better with head coaching. We're going to keep working to understand why when people of color have interviewed, they have not gotten the job. We are going to keep talking to owners and explaining to them that they need to do better because 70% of the employees are people of color. And we've got to be much more reflective of those numbers in our head coaching ranks. Roger Goodell went on to say that the way we're going to do better is through education. So I want to address that problem because baseball does it. Football does it. White people often come out and say, we're going to study. By the way, this is going to come up later in the show after the break, but we're going to study what happened. And we are going to put procedures in place, rules in place, fines in place, incentives in place to get more people of color hired. We've got plenty of qualified candidates, but we're going to find more. We're going to teach them. Do you know when you are an owner of a team how important the interview is in the hiring process? Hint, it's not. At least anecdotally, don't analytic me, don't at David P. Sampson me. At least seven out of 10 managers or head coaches who are hired were going to be hired prior to the interview. That's how it works. I've done it 10 times. So the question is, what do you do when an owner is going to hire exactly who he wants? You have no right to tell the owner who to hire because you're the commissioner. You're not the owner of the team. It's the team. It's the owner's team. The owners have preconceived notions of who will be better head coaches. Preconceived notions of who it will be easier for them to work with. What do you do? We've talked about this so often. And the answer is clear. It's not giving draft picks to teams who lose head coaches, who lose coordinators. It's not giving extra draft picks to teams who hire people of color. 
None of that works. And we've just now learned that what the NFL tried with these incentives has not worked. The reason why it does not work is you're not getting to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is the sad reality of what white owners think about the job as head coach. They can deny it all they want. The difference they believe between a coordinator and a head coach is the difference between a baseball player at single A and a baseball player at the big league level. They view the head coach in football as the single most employee, most important employee in the entire organization. And they're not wrong. Being a head coach in the NFL means you install game plans. It means that you have to study opponents in a way that baseball, basketball, it just doesn't happen. You have to take all sorts of information in. You have to digest it. You have to put it into a clear and concise and winning game plan. The other reality is that teams who are looking for new head coaches are teams that have by definition underperformed. That's why their head coach has been fired. So head coaches are coming in to teams that have issues. The overwhelming majority of the time. Owners say to themselves, who am I most comfortable giving the reins to? Who am I most comfortable dealing with? And this is not about implicit racism. It's much more subtle than that. It's about owners who are either forced through circumstances that are taking place outside of their ownership of a team. Take a look at Daniel Snyder as an example, where he's got to rehabilitate his image. Image. He's got to cure all of the negativity that surrounds his team. And so he makes sure that there is diversity. It's not about the Houston Texans making sure that they hire a black head coach because they are trying to keep Deshaun Watson happy. Of course, they have no idea what it means to keep him happy because Deshaun Watson did not say, I want a black head coach. He specifically talked about the type of coach he wants, regardless of color. It is about owners saying, I'm not going to leave my comfort zone. And Roger Goodell and Adam Silver and Rob Manford all know the truth that you are not going to teach an old dog new tricks. You are not going to take 65 to 75-year-old white men and somehow educate them on the importance of diversity. I don't BS around. I don't. You know that about nothing personal. That's not a hot take. I am telling you, having been in the room what the room is like, what the reality is. There will be changes as the ownership in these leagues turns over because people who are younger grew up in a different world. People who are younger grew up with far more tolerance. They grew up with far more understanding and far bigger blinders in terms of color and sexual orientation. It is one thing to congratulate the Buccaneers, which I do for their incredibly diverse coaching staff, the Chiefs for their incredibly diverse coaching staff, 
the great strides that have been taken by leagues to get people of color in more powerful positions. But it will not be representative of the leagues and the players in those leagues for decades. That is the truth. And that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it palatable. It just makes it real. When Roger Goodell does his interview, I hope he's asked what he has in mind because then we'll get an opportunity to hear yet more plans, more thoughts, more concepts, more desires. And then he'll go watch the game. When we come back, we're going to review a movie that was sad, not funny, interesting and true and has gotten universally panned. And then we are going to get to talk about Trevor Bauer and all of the excitement as I sat in this very chair in a jacket and shirt for two hours last night waiting for CBS Sports HQ to call because Trevor Bauer was signing with the Mets. Then he wasn't signing with the Mets. Then he was signing with the Dodgers. Then his agent spoke up. We'll get to it after the break. We'll be right back on Nothing Personal. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400, or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425, right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Matthew Coke and I come to you every day on Nothing Personal, 45 minutes a day. Hey, Coca, I got a funny one for you. I went on a, a Canadian radio show, which I do every week. I love Canada. The irony of the second chance that I've gotten from people in Canada is not lost on me. And when promoting Nothing Personal, the host of the show said, and don't forget to give David 40 minutes of your time every day because he's with you every day. And I thought to myself, no wonder the retention rate is only 87% and not 100%. People must think the show's 40 minutes. It's 45 minutes every day, plus some commercials, plus some reads. By the way, a little extra read for LinkedIn. I said 2001 on Wednesday. Sorry, it's a new sponsor. I just got confused. It's 2021, not 2001. 
Why was I even talking about that? Oh, yeah. So we're 45 minutes every day. You're downloading, you're subscribing, and you're telling your friends because it's working. We watch a movie every day. We review a movie. There's a movie out called Our Friend with an amazing cast. Casey Affleck, Academy Award winner. Dakota Johnson, you know her. Dakota Johnson's parents are Melanie Griffith. Go watch Something Wild if you want to see Melanie Griffith. Go watch Working Girl if you want to see Melanie Griffith. Dakota Johnson's father is Don Johnson, as in Miami Vice. Go, nah, don't watch Miami Vice. And Jason Siegel, as in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, as in Knocked Up. With those three people starring in a movie, how can it go wrong? Ugh, it went a little wrong. It's a story about a writer, Casey Affleck, true story, married to a woman, Dakota Johnson, who is suffering from cancer and is going to die young. And he writes about the experience of caring for a young wife with young children and how his best friend, played by Jason Siegel, moves in with the family for over a year and helps take care of the kids, helps take care of Dakota Johnson. It is sappy. It is sad. The article that it is based upon won some prizes. The problem with the movie is when you force the viewer to cry, the viewer's tear ducts will dry up. When you go for the sap, all of a sudden, there's no mosquitoes to be caught on the tree. It just didn't work. The name of the character who Casey Affleck plays is a guy named Matthew Teague. So if you're looking for the article, Google Matthew Teague. It appeared in, an, in, a, in a magazine. I want to say The Atlantic, but it may have not been. I want to say New Yorker, but it may, not, may have not been. Coca's telling me in my ear, I got it, Coca, thank you. Esquire. The article is likely worth reading. The movie, unfortunately, is not worth seeing. I felt as though they needed me to cry, and I didn't, and I love crying at movies. I love getting emotional at movies. It's the one time to get emotional. Well, if there were ever a day to get emotional, this is probably it. But... I'm not, and it wasn't. Our friend, pass. All right, can we please get to Trevor Bauer, Coca, please? You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. This one's for you, Dad. My dad would call me all the time when rumors would come out before a show would come out. He'd ask me about trades that were going on and signings. When I was with the Marlins, hey, you getting him? Are you, get, are you getting him? Knowing, of course, that our payroll would not allow for that sort of signing. How could you not sign him, he would say. How could you not sign this player or trade for that player? The number of times I had to explain to my dad about payroll constraints, payroll flexibility and lack of revenue was shocking. And the irony that I would say to him is, I'm just curious, have you bought season tickets for Christ's sake? I love you, Dad. I know you didn't buy season tickets, but I know you loved coming to games. Yes, you did. So he would have called me. He didn't like the So You Want to Talk to Samson segment because he doesn't like people who get baked. The question was, 
what is holding up the Trevor Bauer decision? And why didn't the Marlins try to sign him? That wasn't the question. That would have been if my dad had asked that question. He would have submitted a question to nothing personal. That would have been, why aren't you signing Trevor Bauer? But the question that was posed to me on Twitter at David P. Sampson, the DMs are coming fast and furious. I appreciate all the engagement, and I really do try to answer as many as I can. I've been cautioned and told by my representatives, it's impossible. Don't raise the expectation of followers that you're going to get to your DMs because it's going to become a total time suck and it's going to be hard to do. But I say to myself, if someone's going to take the time to DM and to ask a question, I'm going to try to take the time to answer it. But just know that if I don't respond, there's a really good chance that you can follow Matthew Coca. His handle is at Matthew Coca NPDS. No, I'm just kidding. It's at Matthew Coca CBS. I actually have instructed in my contract negotiations with CBS that Coca has to change his handle to at Matthew Coca NPDS. And when I don't respond, you can try Coca, but Coca is not nearly as type A as I am. He doesn't have nearly the amount of time that I have to answer because he's a busy guy producing cover three, nothing personal, making sure that I don't do anything to get us both fired. He's a busy guy. All right, what's holding up the Trevor Bauer decision as I'm sitting here ready to go on HQ because he signed with the Mets? Rumors out. Trevor Bauer has come to agreement with the New York Mets. Five minutes later, sources tell me there is no agreement with Trevor Bauer and the Mets. Five minutes later, his agent, Rachel Luba. Now, don't give me any problems. I have no issue with female agents, male agents. I don't care if you're a he, a she, a they, a tall, a short, a skinny, a fat. The problem I have with agents is that they lever teams and owners and get what they want almost every single time because owners are scared. I can't lose this guy. I got to have this guy. I was told by my baseball people, this is the guy. We've got Will Middlebrooks, a CBS analyst, former player and friend, saying whoever signs Trevor Bauer will then have the best rotation in the National League. Owners read this stuff. They call their GM and their president and they say, we got to have him. We got to do it. Rachel Luba, Trevor Bauer's agent, who, in my opinion, has handled this free agency of Trevor Bauer so poorly. She tweeted two. That was the tweet. That was the whole tweet, too. Confirming that you're down to two teams. Dodgers and Mets are speculated as the two teams. I responded in my tweet, why did you not say three? What do you think? You get points for honesty? You should have tweeted three because then the Mets and Dodgers both would have said, wait a minute, it's not just the Mets and Dodgers. Then the GMs of the Mets and Dodgers would have gotten on the phone to their fellow GMs, not colluding because they're not saying we're going to purposely offer him the same amount. They get on and say, hey, what are you thinking about Bauer? Hey, you looking to add starting pitching? That happens every day, folks. Every day we are calling other teams and saying, hey, what are you thinking? You looking for a shortstop? You looking for a designated hitter? What, do you need some more offense? You looking for a bat? I got a bat. You want a bat? You need a bat? 
I need a bat. I love bats, by the way. Although now pens are better than bats. <laughs> Sorry, Cook. <laughs> so the Mets and Dodgers see Rachel Luba's tweet and say, okay, there's no mystery team. The question is, do I care if the Mets have Trevor Bauer? Steve Cohen says, do I care if the Dodgers have Trevor Bauer? Here is how those teams are reacting. Steve Cohn said he's going to win a World Series in the next three to five years. If he signs Trevor Bauer to a three-year contract, would you agree that he's going to have a hard time winning a World Series in years four and five? So I guess he then would have to come out and say, we're going to win a World Series in the next three years. If he gives him a four-year deal, next four years. Steve Cohn has to decide if he's going to re-sign Noah Syndergaard once he sees whether Syndergaard makes it back from Tommy John. Steve Cohn has to decide what he's got to pay to Francisco Lindor, but you and I both know he has a deal in place with Lindor. The Dodgers are saying, we want to be the first team since the New York Yankees in 98, 99, and 2000 to repeat as World Series champions. The desire and drive to repeat is greater, and this is going to sound crazy to you, is greater than the drive to win your first ring. Before you win your first World Series, you fantasize about what it feels like. You then win your first World Series, and before your name is etched in the cup, before one piece of confetti is stuck in your hair, you are unilaterally and solely focused on getting that feeling again. You want your second title. It's a drug. It's addictive. And it's bad for your wallet. The Dodgers want to repeat because they want to show the world that they are better than the Yankees dynasty. Because if you get a second World Series championship, you have taken out the Cubs and their supposed dynasty with one championship in 2016. You've taken out the Astros with their supposed dynasty with their one world championship in 2017. You are now even better than the Giants with their every other year championships, three of them. You are beginning to get toward the Red Sox with four championships since 04 if you get two in a row. You are beginning to think that you can be the Yankees and win three in a row. The Dodgers want Trevor Bauer because they recognize that pitching, 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 pitching. But is Trevor Bauer the man you want to jump in bed with to win your first championship if you're the Mets or to win your second in a row if you're the Dodgers? Trevor Bauer is not agreeing to any deal right now because he wants Garrett Cole's $36 million AAV. He has been very clear. I want at least Garrett Cole's AV and I'll go shorter if I have to. Trevor Bauer, the same guy who said, I'm always going to go year for year. Not anymore. The Dodgers, remember the team that offered Bryce Harper the greatest AV, like $45 million a year on a two-year deal, $90 million for two. The reason why Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers likes short-term deals is that it is much harder to make a mistake on a short-term deal than it is on a long-term deal. Because if it is a mistake, it disappears faster. The days of the eight, nine, and 10-year deals, they're just going to end, especially for pitching, because the likelihood that Trevor Bauer performs for five or more years at the level he's been performing is not 
It is zero percent. And that is not controversial. That is factual. Zero percent. Oh, Max Scherzer did it. Oh, Justin Verlander did. Did Justin Verlander do it? Did he perform every year of his long-term deal? And I'm not taking anything away from, from Justin Upton. That's not his name. That's funny. Justin Upton was another player. Justin Verlander is married to Kate Upton. My brain is funny. Did I ever tell you the story of when I met Kate Upton, Coca? I flew with her from Australia to uh, L.A. And uh, anyway, that was a funny story. I saw, And she looked just like the flight attendant also who was on the plane. And then I was waiting at luggage and she was standing next to me. And I thanked her for her service during the course of the flight. And it wasn't the flight then, it was Kate Upton. Anyway, I digress. And then I watched a game with her because she came to Justin Verlander's opening day when I think the Tigers, did the Tigers ever open against the Marlins? Why would the Tigers open against the Marlins? I have some recollection of Justin Verlander opening against the Marlins and sitting in a suite with Kate Upton. Anyway, that was in my mind. Justin Verlander is on Tommy John. By definition, he has not performed every year of his long-term deal. So how is this logjam going to be broken? When Trevor Bauer realizes that he's not going to get Garrett Cole's $36 million. When Trevor Bauer is told and confirmed that there will be no delay to spring training. When Trevor Bauer, he doesn't have obligations. It's not hard for him to find a place to stay during spring training. He doesn't have the stress that other players are claiming they have and why they can't take a month delay because they're getting ready and they've gotten Airbnb or they've gotten settled in. They've shipped their car to Arizona or Florida. Trevor Bauer isn't doing any of that. He'll wait as long as it takes. And as long as it takes is for him to be absolutely guaranteed by the Dodgers and Mets that they're not lying to him. Because players are told by their agents, when an owner tells you that they have no more money, they're lying. They just need pressure to up their offer. And I know about this because I am pressured and have upped the offer so many times that your head would spin. So paranoid that a must-have player would go somewhere else that I'd be willing to give an extra year or give an extra few million on the AAV. That is what Trevor Bauer is counting on. Will Steve Cohn show new owner-itis and call Sandy Alderson and say he will not be a Dodger? Will Andrew Friedman say, we want to repeat badly enough that we're not going to let him be with the Mets and we cannot afford to let the Padres catch us with their addition of Blake Snell and Yu Darvish? That's what Trevor Bauer is waiting for. You know what I think? I think the Mets and Dodgers should both five- Four, three. I think the Dodgers and Mets should both pull out like Matthew Coca last night. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That really would. Because then what would Trevor Bauer do? Maybe then the players would realize a burn in the hand is way better than multiple in the bush. My way to see is the following. I've doubled down on Trevor Bauer. I told you he'd be a Met. He's going to be a Met. Trevor Bauer will sign with the Mets. Okay, a little more baseball news. Go find the article. Google it after you listen to these last five minutes of the show, which I know you will because it's a 45-minute show. Chris Antonetti is the president of baseball operations for the Cleveland Indians. He works with Michael Chernoff. They have a very, very good front office, notwithstanding the fact that they waited to sign and trade Lindor too late. 
Chris Antonetti met the media and he talked about the Indians and his despair. He talked about the fact that he has two daughters and how he cannot believe that in his organization, there was someone like Mickey Calloway who behaved the way Mickey Calloway did. Chris Antonetti said, I'm angry, I'm sad, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm forming a working group. And the working group is going to help the Cleveland Indians, and he calls his employees teammates. That's a big thing, right? When big organizations, Fortune 500 and, and baseball teams, and they call like people in sales and marketing and finance, you're a teammate to make everyone feel as though they're part of a team. I think that's insulting. Don't tell someone they're part of a team when they're not. Don't tell someone they're part of a team when what they say and what they think and what they want is not taken into account because you have a business to run. Why not just be honest? You are a cog in the machine. It's not an insult. That's being open, transparent, and honest. But Chris Antonetti is going to start a working group. And in the working group, he's going to get teammates together to help make it to help make it so other teammates can feel comfortable. That's the code word, Coca. You have to make it so people feel comfortable calling the MLB hotline when they're being sexually harassed. You have to make it so people are comfortable and they go to human resources or they go to their boss when they're being sexually harassed. The problem is half the time the sexual harassment is done by the boss. The other half of the time, a female or male who's being harassed, mostly females, overwhelming majority, they don't want to say anything because they're scared of being fired. They're scared of being looked at differently by other teammates. They're scared of rocking the boat. You can, <clears throat> you can form a working group until you're blue in the face and it's not going to change anything. Here's how to change it. I want to tell you what I did as president of the Marlins, along with my incredibly capable female VP of human resources, my incredibly capable female VP of finance, my incredibly capable men and women throughout the organization, because you know we'd weed out the incapable by firing them and then bring in more people. As president of the team, I was around. I spent time going from department to department. I made sure that I had an open door policy where people knew there would not be situations where they would be uncomfortable or they would not have the ability to tell me what was happening. But I still knew that as the president of a team, as a middle-aged white guy, I was not gonna be told everything. So what did I do? I made sure that I had people all over the company who spent the time because I made it part of their job was to spend the time to become part of the cliques that invariably form within organizations. There is no organization where only one person knows 
about a sexual predator, about a sexual harasser, about someone who is uh, a uh, um, racist who discriminates. There's always people who know. You want to clean up your organization. You've got to lead it better. You've got to get more people in place who not just know how to manage up and are loyal to you, but get the trust and attention of the people who work for them. Then you've got to get people who are on the same level, managers, directors, interns, associates. You've got to be communicating with them in small groups. You've got to keep your ear to the ground and pay attention because you care and because you want to. And the majority of presidents and owners don't. They say they do only after they're caught and it's going to hurt their business. You want the workplace to change, Chris, or anybody else who runs a team or a business. The change goes from the bottom up and the top down. It goes with the type of characters you hire, and it goes with the type of communication you have, and you don't get that relationship overnight. You've got to work on it. You don't sit there and watch 162 games by yourself. You don't sit in your office and not have meetings and not be going to events and spending time. You don't do those things. You become a part of the organization. You become part of the change that you want. Working group, that's code for eyewash. Don't make it so it's always just about business, even though you know it is. Make it so you can do both. Because it's possible. It doesn't cost a penny. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.